0: Today's sponsor is the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, a must-read book if your dog has cancer. To get a free excerpt on what to feed your dog, go to DogCancerDiet.com. You'll get Dr. Damien Dressler's Dog Cancer Diet and help your dog with their next meal. That's DogCancerDiet.com to get an excerpt for free of the Dog Cancer Survival Guide.
1: The restricted activity is the big thing. A lot of time, clients will say, like, oh, I just let him out to pee in the morning. He never does anything. All it takes is one squirrel. Just don't take the risk, because as annoying as it is to keep them quiet and to leash walk them when you're used to letting them run loose in the yard on their own, it's way more annoying to have to bring them back in and pay for a second surgery to repair the first one.
2: Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Here's your host, James Jacobson.
0: Hello friend, and thank you for joining us today. Today, we are going to take a deep dive into how to ensure the best outcome for your dog's cancer surgery after your dog had surgery, post-op surgery tips. And joining us is Kate Baizdow, who is our associate producer and also a licensed veterinary technician. Hello, Kate.
1: Hello, I'm happy to be here.
0: So this is part of this three-part series we did before surgery, the day of surgery, and now this is after surgery. What are some of the tips that you'd recommend uh, people follow to make sure that the surgery that you just went through is going to have the best outcome now that it's over?
1: So the post-op care is usually the hardest part for most owners. Mm -hmm. We're all so worried about the surgery itself and the anesthesia that all of our planning and thoughts about it stop at the day of the surgery. And so then you're handed back your dog and someone's like, Oh gosh, what now? <laughs> right. So, expect that your dog is going to be groggy and tired when they're handed back to you after surgery. They even though it's been a couple hours since they were first since they were woken up after the procedure, they're still working some of those drugs out of their system and it may take a couple days to be completely back to normal, especially if your dog is older or has a lot of health problems that are that compromise their system. Mm. Um, Some pain medications can also cause grogginess, especially if your dog is getting a narcotic. So usually the veterinary staff will give you a heads up on any side effects there. Gabapentin is also one that can have some varying responses. Some dogs are flat out on gabapentin and totally out of it. Others don't care at all. One of my mom's dogs had gabapentin. Gabapentin. At one point, and him, you would have thought he was dying. He was totally out of it. When we discontinued the gabapentin, he parked right back up. My dog was on gabapentin after a surgery, and she was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, no problems. So if your dog is one of the ones that has the sedation effect from gabapentin, usually they'll work through it in a couple days, but that's just something to keep in mind.
0: (laughs) And this is stuff like that is impossible to really know ahead of time, right? I mean, this is not going to show up in the blood work.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is
0: like in the DNA in mm-hmm. terms of, yeah, this is how, how your dog specifically handles different proteins and enzymes and stuff from way over my head uh, yeah. related to <laughs> uh, the ingredients in the anesthesia.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What other tips you got for us, Kate?
1: So also expect that your dog may not pee or poop for a day or two. Usually they'll urinate pretty quickly the night after the surgery, definitely the next morning. Pooping might take a couple days. Anesthesia kind of makes them a little constipated and depending on where the surgery was done and where the incision is, they might not. your dog might not be totally confident about positioning herself to defecate. So it might be a couple days. Don't panic. This is normal. If they haven't pooped by day four or five after surgery, then I would call my veterinarian and address it.
0: That is such a good tip because I, again, learned the hard way, <laughs> hard way, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, it's like you were, oh, my God, she's not pooping. This must be like, oh, my God, they screwed up. So if you know what to go in expecting that maybe your dog will be a little constipated, uh, whew, You'll feel a lot better. So if your dog hasn't pooped in four days, five days, is that what you're saying? That's yeah, you four or five
1: at. days, I'd be okay. at least bringing it up to the okay. veterinarian. And also remember that your dog missed a meal and didn't have breakfast the day of the surgery. So there's less in there. And usually they'll recommend just feeding a small meal the night after the surgery, just so that you're not hitting their GI... T- Tracked with a ton of food.
0: Well, let's talk about food because I have experienced that my dog after surgery, dogs after surgery, were not all that interested in eating.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's pretty common, especially the night of the surgery right after. Mm-hmm. They still don't totally feel great and they're like, what do you mean? I don't want to eat. Um, so I wouldn't be too alarmed if they don't want to eat that same day. The next morning, they should be back to eating. If they're still kind of like, eh, I don't know, you can try a couple different things to entice them to eat. Um, Add a little warm water to the kibble if you feed dry food to both soften it, and the warm water will help bring out the natural aromas in the food, and the increased smell will encourage them to eat. You can also add a little bit of canned dog food in or low-sodium chicken broth. Um, if your dog eats canned food, warm it up a little bit in the microwave, just don't use a metal bowl <laughs> and make sure that it's not too hot before giving it to your dog. Test it with your finger before giving it to them.
0: And I imagine if you're not into the, uh, if, if you do home cook for your dog, maybe try to find the more delicious tasting things that are within the, his dog cancer diet,
1: uh, yeah, exactly. To tempt
0: your dog back because your dog has just been through heck of a journey. And so, yeah, not wanting to eat is understandable. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess don't overdo it. This isn't when you go to uh, get the hot dogs and the cheeseburgers out, but you may need to coax your dog. And if your dog still continues to not eat, what do you do?
1: If they're still not eating by 36 hours after the surgery, I would definitely call and check in with my vet and they'll probably ask you Other questions about how your dog is doing, how their activity level is, they may end up prescribing an appetite stimulant to try to encourage your dog to eat, or they might just say to give it another day, depending on your dog's unique case.
0: I will tell you those appetite stimulants, you use the word entice, that's one of the brands.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awfully,
0: very, or awfully, awfully effective. Like if you've just are totally at wits' end. I think your vet uh, has something for you. But hopefully your dog won't be like my dogs. What other tips do you have?
1: Um, So expect that the incision may ooze a little bit. Mm. Um, Clear and thin or bloody discharge isn't anything to worry about. If there's a lot of discharge or it ever starts to look thick in consistency like pus, that's a concern and a Mm. potential sign of infection. Or if it's bleeding a lot. Um, If you have concerns about your dog's incision or if it's still really oozy after four to five days, you can always take a picture and send it to your veterinarians, either to their email or a lot of hospitals now have an office cell phone that you can send pictures to so that a staff member can look at it and either say, yep, that looks totally fine or, eh, that looks a little funky, maybe bring them in, come in at such and such time and we'll check it out more closely.
0: Hmm. Great. What else?
1: Other things that can happen with the incision. There is often bruising, especially on light colored dogs. Um, so, and bruising, just like us, the bruise isn't going to show up immediately, but it'll show up a couple days after the surgery. So don't panic if you suddenly see purplish bruising. That's normal. Just means your dog has delicate skin. <laughs> um, you can ice the area if your dog will let you to help, Get any inflammation down and help with pain control. Many dogs don't like that.
0: And how do you recommend icing? What do you use?
1: Um, I like good old either frozen peas or a flexible ice pack.
0: And again, the frozen peas stay in the bag.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) And wrap it in a thin towel so that the, because a lot of times ice packs have that little bit of moisture on the outside and then that can freeze. And you don't want that to freeze to your dog's skin. So, wrapping it in a paper towel or a thin hand towel is a good way to go to help with that. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. What other thoughts do you have on how to ensure success after surgery?
1: So, the biggest thing is restricted activity. Your veterinarian. And the most difficult. Yep, especially with young or active dogs. Um, Incisions take time to heal. Usually, the range for suture removal is usually 10 to 21 days. 10 to 14 is pretty much the standard healing time for most incisions. But if the incision's in an area where it's under a lot of pressure, like over a joint or on top of the body, it'll they might go for the full 21 days. Or if it's in an area with really fragile skin and the surgeon wants to be absolutely sure that that incision is totally sealed up before removing the sutures or staples. And so restricted activity means restricted activity. Short leash walks, under control only. No running, no jumping, no going out loose in the yard. No, oh, she always just goes to the bottom of the stairs and pees and then comes back. Nuh-uh. On the leash, all the time when outside. No going up and down the stairs, willy-nilly in the house. No rough play with the other dogs. It can be annoying, especially if your dog normally is very active and usually within three or four days after the surgery they're feeling pretty good and they want to do their normal things but that incision is delicate and trying to heal and it's just like when you try to glue something if you put glue and try to glue something together and start wiggling it immediately the glue's not going to bond but if you leave it there and let it sit then you'll get a good seal and the item will be fixed so your dog's incision is trying to glue itself together and heal the skin back up. So if your dog is constantly running around and jumping, that skin's never going to have a chance to heal and seal over.
0: So what sort of successful things have you found to, to, to confine a dog, like play pens, locking them in the room with you? you know, what, what measures should one go to?
1: I'm a big fan of exercise pens or X-Pens. You can get them at pretty much any pet supply store, or I think Tractor Supply even has them now, or absolutely you can order them online. Um, And that's a nice way to have a flexible, portable, but sturdy pen that you can move to wherever you need it to be that your dog can be in. Because you usually don't want them jumping on and off furniture either. So you're going to want your dog contained, Um, For larger dogs, you can also just shut them in one or two rooms of the house and use baby gates to limit where they can go. For small dogs, a large crate works well. And when in doubt, just go for the crate. Um, It's not the most comfortable for a lot of dogs unless you have a big crate, and it can be a little difficult to maneuver the cone. You might need to help them, but sometimes that's just what you need to do for the short-term to help keep your dog calm. If your dog's really crazy, your veterinarian may be able to prescribe a sedative to help take the edge off for the initial healing period. Most dogs don't usually need that, but you never know. And it's a nice thing to have as a backup if you've got kind of a crazy wild dog.
0: (laughs) And if you have small dogs, uh, again, uh, we've We've had success with play pens just go and you can often find them really cheap because people, people when they're done with their play pen, they're done with their playpen.
1: Oh, yeah, and for the tiny dogs, you can even yeah. use, like, the fabric, easily collapsible mm-hmm. play pens that are light and cheap and easy to move around, and they're usually in cute colors, too. I'm jealous.
0: And carrying the dog around uh, is something that my wife has had to do more than once where, you know, these carriers and actually is really good for, again, we have Maltese. So uh, the little dog is kind of like, oh, this is great. I'm next to mom or dad uh, for a long time. And you can sit there and work and the dog's right there. And uh, it's not the worst thing. And they feel close to you. Uh, but it's not going to work with a, a great Dane.
1: <laughs> Yeah, for my one fifty-pound dog would love to do that, but it would be a little hard on me to carry her
0: around. Good exercise. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you can also just use a leash if you don't want to get an exercise pen or aren't sure where you're going to set it up, or if your dog is kind of weird about confinement. Just keep them on a six-foot leash and have them hang out where you are. Keep a dog dog bed by your desk or by your chair when you're watching TV. So that they can lay next to you and hang out, but you still have that control so they aren't going to tear off when the doorbell rings.
0: Kate, this is such awesome material. Uh, I'm going to stop you right here because we got to take a break, pay some bills, but we will be right back with more. And now, a message from your dog.
1: Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpuff. The green, grassy, beef liver spike smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it, Everpuff, traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. It helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day, because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I wouldn't have it any other way. I want my Everpup. It just makes me feel good. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the Everpup you give me.
0: So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. If your dog has cancer, What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, You will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com and when you check out, use the promo code podcast and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com and use the promo code podcast to save 10%. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year's subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
0: sleep in their beds with them Mm -hmm. any advice on how to confine the dog at night uh from moving all over what when he's either sleeping in bed with you or 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 not
1: what i did for my dog who always sleeps in bed with me is i barricaded the bed Mm. i used one of those tall metal exercise pens to basically turn my bed into a giant comfy crate so that once she was on the bed with me for the night she couldn't leave again.
0: We dog lovers will do that, right? I mean, <laughs> yep. we'll just redo our whole bedroom to like make sure that you have, to, if you have to get out in the middle of the night, you have to crawl over it, but the dog's yep. not going out. It's just what we do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if your dog is trained to use a ramp, you can also set up a ramp for them to get on and off the bed and just have them shut in the bedroom. That, again, to teach it usually, to get the dog consistently using the ramp, I barricaded my bed for that, too. Um, Another tip with old dogs with the ramp, sometimes their night vision isn't that great, which was the case with my senior dog. So I put glow-in-the-dark tape to line the ramp so that she knew where the outlines of the ramp were. And it worked amazingly, because she had been waking me up every time she wanted to go up or down the ramp in the middle of the night. And it's like, this is really not working.
0: Now, that is a tip you're not going to find anywhere else. (laughs) Other than right here in dog cancer, answers. yep, it if was. You...
1: I thought it was genius when I came up
0: with it. It is that's brilliant, Kate, and I it worked it.
1: great. And it's the glow is bright enough that the dog can see it, but not so bright that it kept me awake.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Anything else? We've gone from like the, the very <laughs> logical to like, huh, glow in the dark tape.
1: Yeah, the restricted activity is the big thing. A lot of time clients will say like. Oh, I just let him out to pee in the morning. He never does anything. All it takes is one squirrel. Mm. Just don't take the risk because as annoying as it is to keep them quiet and to leash walk them when you're used to letting them run loose in the yard on their own, it's way more annoying to have to bring them back in and pay for a second surgery to repair the first one.
0: The dog's not happy. The vet's not happy. Maybe the vet's account yeah. is happy. Uh, but it's a pain for everyone.
1: Yeah. we don't, The vet. I Trust me, your vet doesn't like it either because they have yeah. to work you in as an, a semi-emergency procedure. And no one likes having to redo something they've already done. They would much rather have a routine recovery and then just show up on time for your suture removal appointment and done and done. <laughs> yeah. So on a little more on the incisions, mm. if the incision ever opens up, definitely that's a concern. Some other things that can go wrong with the incision is that it can sometimes, if the dog's a little too active, can develop what's called a seroma, which is a swelling. It's a pocket of fluid. It's not usually infected. It's just normal fluid that happens to pool in open spaces under the tissue where the surgery happened. Um Like I said, usually seromas happen when the dog's been too active. So in order to, once you've had your vet check it out and they're like, yep, this is just a seroma, it doesn't look like an infection, they will likely tell you to alternate warm and cold packs on it, five minutes of warm, five minutes of cold, a couple times a day to encourage that fluid to get back into the circulation and get out of that pocket. Um, Signs of infection are... Red, Really red, irritated skin, skin that feels warm to the touch. Um, Also, any oozing or odor. Or if the skin starts to look kind of black and necrotic, that's a sign of concern. Sometimes if a dog has an infection in the incision, they'll also act kind of lethargic and like they don't feel good, Mm -hmm. even after that normal period right after the surgery where they're not bright. So that would be a cause for concern, too.
0: Awesome. Any other tips, Kate?
1: Other things to watch for after surgery is vomiting or persistent diarrhea. Sometimes once they do finally do that first poop after their surgery, they'll have loose stool for a couple days, hmm. either due to the anesthesia or if they're not tolerating their medica- their pain medications well. Mm-hmm. Um, your veterinarian may give you instructions and say, if your dog has diarrhea, discontinue one of the pain medications or something like that. If you ever have any concerns, just call. give your vet a call and they can talk you through what to do or not do. And then once you're through that initial healing period, don't skip your suture removal appointment. <laughs> it's important to get those out.
0: Get those out. Don't let them assume that they're going to naturally uh, disappear. Yep. Because they, they do, some of the suture material does, but it actually yep. is helpful to make sure everything is out.
1: Yeah, there are absorbable sutures and some surgeons will close the incision in such a way that all of the suture material is under the skin and then they might put tissue glue over the top. So those dogs would not need to come back for a suture removal appointment. Usually if a dog has cancer and is having a tumor removed, they're going to do a higher powered suture material that will require removal. And definitely if the dog has staples, those will need to be removed in the hospital. Most vet clinics do the suture removal appointment either for free or it's a nominal fee, just a quick visit with a technician. Sometimes they might build it into a recheck with the the veterinarian depending on your dog's condition and anything that they want to check up on in follow-up after the surgery. Um, So if you're unsure how that suture removal appointment is going to look, definitely ask your veterinarian ahead of time. Most dogs don't need any sedation or anything for the suture removal it doesn't really hurt it feels i'm sure it feels strange having the sutures pulled out but it's usually quick and easy and then you can go on about your day and lives
0: and then your dog is is back to its normal activity at that point
1: yep usually sometimes if the surgery involved a leg there might be some additional rules about easing back into regular activity but for the most part, once the sutures are out, it's game on. Have fun. Do what awesome. you want.
0: <laughs> well, Kate, this is wonderful. I appreciate your uh, all these tips from uh, glow-in-the-dark tape to uh, what to look for in your dog's poop uh, to everything. Thank you so much for joining us on Dog Cancer Answers. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on Dog Cancer Answers. This is part three of our series. If you missed any other uh, episodes in the series, please check them out. They're available wherever you are listening to or watching this. We have an entire community of dog lovers who are going through dog cancer in our Facebook support group. And I want to encourage you to join us and them as we all go through this together. You can find the Facebook group by just typing into your browser DogCancerSupport.com DogCancerSupport.com and that will redirect straight into that Facebook group or you can do a search on Facebook. I would also want to encourage you to Get our newsletter if you don't already have it it's called dog cancer news it's really helpful and it comes out three times a week and you can get a free subscription if you go to dogcancernews.com and put in your email address and of course you can cancel at any time thank you so much for joining us if this is a show that has been helpful I hope you will spread the word about Dog Cancer Answers and about Dog Podcast Network in general, because it really helps when dog lovers share our content with other dog lovers who will benefit from it. Thanks again for watching or listening. I'm James Jacobson, and on behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I wish you and your dog a very warm aloha.
2: Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200.